Hi, this is Tina Powell, host of In The Suite, where I sit down with top women leaders and some of the biggest names in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Together, we'll discover some of their best secrets and top strategies to grow a great business, build a strong brand, and lead teams in the 21st century. I hope you'll enjoy hearing their amazing personal stories of triumph, trepidation, and transformation in hopes of becoming better leaders ourselves. The time for you to lead is now, and you're in the suite. Everyone knows Marie Swift. After all, she's been using her exquisite talents in communications and marketing for over 20 years. Marie Swift is president and CEO of Impact Communications, a full-service marketing communications firm serving a select group of independent financial advisors and allied institutions. A thought leader for thought leaders, she is known for bringing some of the industry's best and brightest voices together for dialogue and debate. Her best practices in the financial services industry blog, which can be found at www.marieswift.com, provides insights and advice for financial advisors and the institutions that serve them. Personally, what I've always admired about Marie is her ability to plan and execute on the conference circuit. She's been a marketing superpower behind Joel Bruckenstein's T3 Enterprise and T3 Advisor Conference, and most recently, her own conference known as the Advisor Thought Leader Summit, now in its third year, along with the Advisor Thought Leader video channel. Marie is also known for bringing good ideas to financial advisors through her speeches, presentations, podcasts, and written works. Over the past 20 years, Marie's articles and expert comments have been published everywhere by Forbes, MarketWatch, Barron's, Wall Street Journal, NAPFA, Morningstar, Horse's Mouth, Financial Planning Magazine, Financial Advisor Magazine, On Wall Street, Research Magazine, RIA Biz, and Think Advisor. PR, social media, digital presence, selling skills, and all forms of marketing and professional communications are her key areas of expertise. She's spoken at all the major industry conferences, such as IAA, FPA, NAFA, and other national conferences hosted by allied institutions, such as AICPA, Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, Barron's Top Women Advisors, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade Institutional, Schwab, Pershing, Transamerica, Cetera, Investicorp, Garrett, Planning Network, Kinder Institute, and so many more. And certainly, one of the many gifts you'll discover about Marie is her ability to help others find their voice. Whether she's working with her clients at Impact Communications, T3, or her own Advisor Thought Leader Summit, it's clearly evident Marie is invested in the success of her clients and the industry as a whole. Her personal style is one that embodies grace, poise, and elegance, which I think sets a professional benchmark for our industry. And one thing's for sure in this episode with Marie, and that is that passion to serve others always has a seat in the suite. So Marie Swift, welcome. It's great to have you in the suite. I'm so excited that you're here. It's great to see your face today. Oh, it's great to see you too, Tina. And you know, the last time we were going to get together, I was headed to New York City to do a live in the suite recording with you. And you know what? I missed my flight. 
this was in March, I had to call you up and beg forgiveness. And then it seemed like our world got turned upside down. Remember that day in March? Oh, I certainly do. I certainly do. And the funny thing is, I'll get you in on a little secret here, is that originally I saw that in the Sweet Podcast was going to be episodes that were recorded live. And then coronavirus threw a monkey wrench into that plan. But yes, I remember. And that was like, we weren't sure were you going to even come in for the flight. And so, yeah, so Marie Swift was supposed to be in the suite a long time ago. <laughs> Actually, in the suite, in my hotel suite, it was going to be. But Exactly. You know, we were going to have in the suite, in the suite. And because, you know, you're one of my favorite sheroes in the financial services industry. You and I have worked together for now many years on a lot of exciting projects. And uh, let's face it, everyone knows you, Marie. Uh, we know your agency, Impact Communications, where you've been a principal now for over 28 years. You've also, you spent the last 30 years of your career as a communications professional in the financial services. Well, where you and I really like gelled, I want to say, is Joel Bruckenstein's T3 Advisor, T3 Enterprise Conference. Gee, I miss, I miss that conference. Thank God that we had a lot of it before coronavirus. Um, and you were also gracious enough to invite me to speak at your event, which is the Advisor Thought Leader Summit, along with Mary Beth Kuzmensky. And that was your inaugural conference at the University of Chicago, which was such, such a thrill. Such a thrill. You, you have so many things that we're going to talk about today, an, an incredible track record here, and you're, and you're still on that rocket ship. You're, you've added podcast hosts now to your impressive vitae of all things Marie, so you are, in addition to everything that you're doing for Impact, you're also host of the Mindset Mastery Podcast by NAPFA, where you have interviewed great leaders and notables in the industry like George Kinder from Kinder Institute of Life Planning, uh, Kate Healy, TD Ameritrade. We, we had her. We welcomed her in the suite on episode 15. But who doesn't know John Bowen, CEG Worldwide, and more. So really, really great to have you in the suite. I know that our audience, big fans of you, Marie. So I can't wait to talk about everything. Uh, thank you, Tina. And right back at you. I think you're one of the special people on the planet Earth. So we're probably sisters in another life or something. Just I love your energy. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you, Marie. Um, I, I want to start off talking a little bit about T3 Enterprise because that's where you and I had the chance to collaborate on a lot of great things. I am mesmerized by your ability to coordinate, plan, execute, just like an award-winning plan, an award-winning playbook. And I have so enjoyed coming to both T3 Enterprise Conference, T3 Advisor Conference with you and Joel, and really just, just being in amazement and awe at how you have managed all of those conferences, all of the details They've been extremely successful. 
let's talk about the, the T3 conferences. I know that you've been working with Joel from the beginning of time from, for those conferences. So, you know, what can you tell us about T3 and let's kind of talk about the plans. I know everybody's curious, you know, fall's coming up. The events calendar is going to be, well, it, things are virtual right now, but it's not going to be virtual forever. Yeah, well, so I saw you in February, right before all heck broke loose in San Diego at T3 Advisor. And that was such a great conference. It's such a good community of people. And, you know, we just love being together for the hallway conversations, as well as the curriculum and the exhibit hall. So what I can tell you is that it looks like T3 Enterprise the smaller of the two conferences that Joel Berkenstein historically puts on, that that will be postponed because of coronavirus. So it won't be happening this fall, but I'm guessing that what we're going to see is that T3 Enterprise and T3 Advisor are going to merge into one big conference, at least for 2021. And I know that Joel and his meeting planning team have already been looking to adjust the time and the space to accommodate for safety and the bigger crowd. And I believe it's still going to be in Denton, Texas, which we all love that experience when we were there a couple years ago, just outside of Dallas. So that's what I can tell you about T3 Advisor and T3 Enterprise. Wow, that's really, that's a fantastic idea, actually. I would love, love to see those two merge. And I would very much Love to make a trip back to Denton, Texas. I thought that was a fantastic venue for a lot of reasons. First of all, the hotel was completely beautiful, renovated, or built from the ground up, one or the other. I was just like, I knew that it was a new space, waterfalls, it felt very zen-like, really, really pretty. But not only that, you had all of the conveniences around you. And what a fantastic venue. Yeah, do you remember seeing Vanilla Ice at the bowling alley with the laser gun tag? I mean, it was crazy. It was really, really great. It was fantastic, yes, and I, I that was just awesome. It, it brought back such fantastic memories because I'm an 80s big hair Jersey girl at heart, and to hear Vanilla Ice singing Ice Ice Baby and all of us being on the stage, that was great. And one of the things I, I loved is that, you know, some of the conferences tend to get a little bit overwhelming at times, and I think that for T3 you have the chance to see technology right there in front of your eyes. And then you're also able to have a conversation with the people who are behind that technology, instituting it. And that's what I love about T3. I would probably be remiss if I didn't tell you all to follow the new program coming up. You're awesome on Twitter for T3. That's where you're going to find up-to-date information, right? Follow FinTechie. That's Joel's handle, at FinTechie. And then me, I'm easy. It's at Marie Swift. So that's where to find the latest and the greatest. Okay, that's great. So we know we're going to all get it on our calendars. I'm going to be there. Marie's going to be there. Now, since we're on the subject of conferences, the other place to be, I had such fun at your advisor thought leader uh, conference. And one of the things that you do really well, Marie, is that you plan an event, you go through the, the you're an extremely detail-oriented person. And that you provide an events experience that is really catered to the participant uh, and the attendees of that event. So let's talk about your event, the Advisor Thought Leader uh, Conference. What can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, so it's the Advisor Thought Leader Summit, and you can find it at advisorthoughtleadersummit.com. So we had planned another one, our third annual Advisor Thought Leader Summit for this fall. But, you know, I was just talking with Mary Beth Kuzmeski last weekend, and we're going to wait and watch to see if we can find a safe way to do it in person. Because to your point, Tina, it's all about the experience. And there's something magic when you get 30, 40, 50, 60, even 100 people in like a university setting is our choice because it has everybody feel like they're there together, they're learning, they're sharing in a peer environment, but there are experts who are coming to share with them how to be on camera, like you did something on how to do your own TED Talk. And you shared your experience doing that TEDx talk that you did locally, I, I think it was in New Jersey somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah, so that was so great that you could do that in Chicago at the University of Chicago Gleacher Center at our first ever Advisor Thought Leader Summit. So that would have been in 2018. And then in 2019, we held it right here in my backyard in Kansas City at Rockhurst University. And we doubled our numbers from the time you were at the first one. And we have people who are already saying that when we do it the third time, they want to come and be a part of it. So we're going to have some of our advisor alumni come back, some of our speaker alumni come back. I'm trying to get Angie Larson from Good Things Utah to come back and participate with us or to do something virtually if that's what we have to do. And Pam Kruger uh, from Money Track Fame and PBS, she's in. She wants to participate, whatever we put together. But we're just not sure if we want to wait that long for everybody to be able to get back in person or if we can somehow reinvent this virtually, digitally, in order to create that experiential learning. Well, I know whatever you decide, Marie, that you will be extraordinarily successful at it. And one of the ideas and the takeaways as, as someone that was not only part of your first conference, but also to being able to observe. What I liked was the fact that advisors left with a tangible asset. And so I watched as you transformed advisors over like a two-day period, even over a day, <laughs> that you took advisors who were a little bit on the sidelines about, should I produce video? Now, mind you, this is going back three years ago. Obviously, now everything is like, oh, yes, video, of course. But back three years ago, there was a lot of trepidation about it. And what I like is that you were ahead of the curve and you really worked one-on-one -on -one with advisors to coach them through it, to get their, their, their messaging correct, to get their delivery, to give them multiple opportunities. And so it's not just going up and, and going to a conference for conference sake, but it is really actually leaving and feeling like, you know what? It was workshoppy. It was like a university setting in that I attended a class, I got something out of it, and now I have something to, to share on LinkedIn, to post on my website, to, to embed in an email campaign. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we offered was the option to go bigger, to actually do something like a TED Talk, and we called it a Thought Leader Talk. So for those who were even more brave and they wanted to do something, not just the two to three minute video interview with our television personality, which is great in and of itself, if you can get Pam Kruger or Angie Larson to interview you and have that as a digital asset, 
that is wonderful. And in fact, I would do both. You know, if you ever have the chance to do a TED Talk or a Thought Leader Talk and an interview on video, those are great credibility points for you. But um, to the point about going bigger, you saw, I think you were there the day that we did the Thought Leader Talks. I can't remember, but you knew about them, right? You might yeah, have they, were, they, were, they were upstairs. They yeah. were behind. What I love is, you know, you allocated a certain space. You had a lot of production people. You had your video person. You had your sound there. Again, I felt like I was walking into a studio. You totally transformed that classroom. And so all of a sudden, it was Marie Swift on location live. Yeah, like a pop-up studio. So yes. this year we had planned to co-locate the Advisor Thought Leader Summit with the NAPFA Fall Conference in Atlanta at the CNN Center. But now that NAPFA is not doing their event live, we're not doing our event live, we're looking at where we're going to hold it next or if we can do it digitally. But these thought leader talks where somebody really digs deep into their core experience to talk about something that made them who they are, those were so... Uh, amazing. We heard from Melanie Housden about how when she lost her hearing when she was 14 years old, just suddenly, inexplicably, you know, how did she rise above that and become the superstar advisor who built her business from zero to over a hundred million in assets in less than three years? In the face of that, in the face of being a mother, in the face of having some other challenges. So, I mean, I would just invite anybody who's listening to this podcast to Google or go to Advisor Thought Leader Summit and watch some of those Advisor Thought Leader talks because Melanie, Renee, Howard, uh, Holly, Dennis, they shared their hearts out, something that was personal and something that was professional. And now they have these great little 10, 15, 20 minute modules to show that they really are a thought leader. They're not just a subject matter expert. And they were an extraordinary. And again, they, they had a process and, and you coached them through it. And I love that in some ways, like right now, Marie, you were behind all of those thought leaders that were those, those videos. And again, I could see the transformation. And now it's kind of interesting because we're kind of flipped. So, you know, I would love to hear a little bit more of your origin story because you're normally the person that's behind people. We all know that behind every successful person is a tribe of people that are helping them. And you've been behind so many great advisors, great thought leaders great brands in this industry for almost 30 years. And as much as you and I have, we've had pizza in Italy together, we've enjoyed so many special moments throughout the years. I don't think that I ever really sat down and said, nor have we had the time to sit down because we're normally doing some sort of social media campaign, uh, promotion, management, messaging, and all of that. But, you know, let's hear a little bit more about your thought leader talk and, you know, your origin story and how you got here. Well, I am just so lucky and so blessed. It seems like I have uh, like a golden star who follows me around, my guardian angel or something, but things have just worked out for me. And part of it is my attitude and that I have good genetics and good luck, but things have just fallen into place for me 
almost like magic. And I know that there isn't magic, but you know, here's my story. So, you know, 30 some odd years ago, my husband had just graduated with a master's degree from a place called Thunderbird, the American Graduate School of International Management. And his first big job was with Ramada Corporation. And you may not know that they actually own Marie Callender's, the restaurants that were kind of big back in the day. So we relocated from Scottsdale, Arizona, to Irvine, California. And we felt felt like, man, we have just got the best thing ever, you know, big benefits, career path, you know, the company's putting us up at the residence inn. we're at the pool every night having the hosted cocktail party and appetizers. So this is pretty big deal for us as young newlyweds. But, you know, I got bored after a while, and you can only do so much when you don't have any friends in a new city. And so I started looking for a job. I had actually sold a catering company in Boulder, Colorado. So what to do? So, you know, I was looking for what to do, and I ran across this newspaper ad, and it said something about financial services, and come and let us tell you about the career path, and you'll start at the bottom and work your way up. So I had an interview with this guy named Tony Reguero. And he turned out to be the number one top producer in the broker-dealer network called FNIC, the Financial Network Investment Corp. He was young. He was cocky. He was 29 years old. And I walked into the interview, and he said, listen, here's your career path with me. And he took out his marker, and on the whiteboard, he wrote where I was today, and how I was going to work all the stations in his business, learning from the ground up the whole financial services business, and what my salary would be in three years. And I sat there flabbergasted. It's like, what an opportunity to be with this guy to learn the business. And I said yes, and I started, and I spent almost five years there, eventually rising up to the uh, marketing role, the director of corporate communications. And by then we had 20 advisors in our little OSJ branch. In fact, we were the number one branch at that time and 20 staff people. And I just found my groove with marketing, with PR, with working with our ad agency out of Orange County, uh, California. And we had uh, a PR firm out of LA that I coordinated. One day Tony came in and he said, you know, Maria, I think you can do this better than the agencies. And he challenged me to step up and do more of it myself. And so I did. And so that's how I got started in the business. What an incredible thing that you remember the whiteboard, right? It's it's amazing when you have that moment in time that there's some sort of visual or something that's attached. I remember a conversation that an old boss had with me on a cocktail napkin and that he had taken out a fountain pen, right? And the fountain pen was like bleeding the ink as he talked about it. And one of the things, it it, it sounds like this this Tony Ruggiero guy was so like, what? it's amazing. It's amazing that I, I think number one, that the careers of females in this industry have a direct correlation or direct link to a male advocate or a male sponsor or a male supporter. That's number one. But number two is that he saw something in you. And this is one of the, we, we talk about leadership a lot here in the suite, is that you're, so, you're able to see something in someone that they might not see in themselves right this second, but that you know that's there. 
Oh, that is so true. And, you know, I have to give a shout out to Tony's wife. Her name is Melody or was Melody Regero before they were divorced. But she was so encouraging and welcoming. And, you know, as I thought about what we wanted to talk about today, I think it's important for us as female leaders in this industry to be welcoming, to be friendly, to go out of our way to seek other people who may not be included in the Cool Kids Club or who look a little different and just to be a booster for other women in particular, but people who are not necessarily automatically included, they may not feel like they fit in. So I've actually made it a mission of mine to seek out those people who look like they're more of a wallflower. They're not going to get invited to the fancy dinners and, you know, be with the cool kids club right away. And I'll say, hey, come be my friend, you know, let me introduce you. And I'll actually sponsor them to come around to some of the cooler stuff and I mean you you're in the cool kids club you know what it's like you you're you're so right and I've seen you work that magic when you're at an event and I think it is what and it what I'm so glad that you brought this up Marie because I do think that we're at a, a turning point here we're in a turning point we were starting to get there anyway and whether or not that it was coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, uh, the the transition, the, the the transition of the advisor, the M and A activity in the industry, the consolidation, the the merger, the TD Ameritrade, the Schwab, like there's so many different things that we could put a, a, a pulse on. But you bring up a really important point, and that is that. The industry is changing. It's changing for the better. And it's incumbent on us, all of us here. There are no like cool kids, non-cool kids. Like just really be a person. Look for that person who's maybe, you know, especially at a conference, you can see those people kind of on the outskirts. Maybe you're maybe you go outside and they're sitting by themselves and it's a good idea to just be friendly right now and to strike up a conversation with somebody that you don't know, but to make it, to make sure that you go out of your way to do that. I would expect nothing less from you, Marie Swift, because you are just, you are that, that, that person that naturally brings people together and reminds people of etiquette. You know, I remember even attending one of your press, one of your press dinners and that you made it a point and say, you know what, instead of sitting at a table where you already know and know someone, why don't you pick a seat next to somebody that you don't know that you've never spoken to before? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I wish I had had more people who are friendly to me early in my career because I'm naturally insecure and I've had to get out of my own way to step into the spotlight because I have a purpose and a mission now that wasn't always apparent to me. And so I'm looking for those people who may see me now and think, oh, that's Marie Swift. They know me because I have a reputation, but I don't want to be the holier than thou, the know-it-all, the unapproachable person. I think I've accomplished a lot of good, but I want to help other people find their voice now. That's my mission as I look towards, you know, the the last third of my career. I don't know how long I'm going to work. I mean, coronavirus could get me tomorrow, but I'm planning to work for as long as I can. And, you know, God willing, and the tide don't rise, as my old friend Susan Bradley likes to say, you know, I'm looking at how I can make a difference. And I had to find my voice and I want to help more people find their voice. So that is my only purpose and passion right now. 
I think it's been something that's been been part of you for as long as that I've known you because you you help also to me find my voice and my space and you were very welcoming and although that you and I um, our businesses overlap there's plenty of people <laughs> there's plenty of people who might decide to work with one one expert over another for varying for var- it really important and really great reasons and that there's so much business right now and especially with marketing and communications and I love it you've been so welcoming you have been a class act 110% from the beginning of time so I I want to thank you Oh, thank you, Tina. Right back at you. I mean, birds of a feather. I love hanging out with you, and I wish we could sit on my back deck this afternoon and have a, a TGIF drink. We, we will, but I would also say that since that time, you've gathered quite a lot of friends, Marie. You've got like 8,000 followers on Twitter. So, you know, clearly you're doing something right. And again, you're setting the example. You're walking the talk and you're talking the walk. You know, one of the things I did want to talk about was since you have been here in this industry, I'm a I'm a, a career changer. So I came here rather late. And it was always one of my curiosities that I would get to speak speak to people like you and be like, wow, I wish that I would have known Marie like 20, 30 years ago. How, who told you to come here? How did you know to come into financial services? But I do see a difference in the way that women are participating in the industry, the way that they're treating each other, even some of the I guess what I'll call career path for the over 50, which selfishly I am. And I am very much, you know, looking to see that. And now that I see more and more evidence of the fact that we're needed here, we're wanted, we can bring a specific skill set here. So, you know, what would you say, how have you seen the industry change for and evolve for women? And where is it right now? Yeah, you know, you made a great point earlier about many of us got our start in this industry 20, 30 years ago because we had a male advocate, a male sponsor. And as I've gone through the past 30 or so years, I've seen more of an openness to people of all types of lifestyles. You know, it's not just about gender, men and women, but there's, you know, another conversation that we're having about diversity inclusion for people who are same-sex couples or people who are, you know, have a different uh, look than, you know, I happen to be a Caucasian, you know, European mutt-looking person um, with Irish, Irish Catholic family. So, you know, we've seen just a more openness and a conversation about intentionally including and diversifying who we are as a profession. And I had the privilege of speaking with Kate Healy from TD Ameritrade, who's known as Advocate, because she's all about the, about Uh, I think they call it Generation Next. And it's not just about the next generation age-wise, but it's the next generation of leaders in the profession. And so Generation Next is really intentionally looking to broaden how we include people. And women is one category, but all of these other ways that we can intentionally diversify and include people. So I think it's an important conversation. We've seen quite a big push in this area with other people carrying that banner, advisors in the 
industry. And of course, you know, we, we see this all on Twitter because we're part of the same Twitter circle. And in some ways we, we have overlapping circles there, Tina. But I think that um, even like the later in life career changers, we've got to include these people. Think about the military people or the mothers who have are now wanting to get back into the workforce, the more we can include them and encourage them and invite them in, the better our profession and our industry is going to be and our world too. Yes. And I think that we're going to start to see, we are going to see more of that diversity by just by the fact that we've opened ourselves up to a virtual workforce. And I think that that is, that's also been almost keeping a ceiling. Like if you're just recruiting talent based on a certain geography that really limits you from an unbelievable talent pool, you know, young and old and ethnic related, and you can look at it from all different angles. And I think that's one of the celebrations of I think the stage that we're in right now is that we are going to see teams be more diverse because employers and firms are opening their arms to the idea that, number one, we do better. It's been scientifically proven that diverse teams perform better. Google it, Harvard Business Review. I don't remember the metric, but there's been lots of studies on it. But also, too, having that diversity and inclusion, uh, I even brought in a, a DNY a DNY facilitator to do a workshop with my with my team, Dr. Valetta Bryant, who specializes in creating conversations uh, and building an empowered workforce, and we did it all virtually. Uh, so it is something really that's very exciting to see. So I'm hoping that, like you. I'm confident that we're getting there. Yeah. You know, I'll just share one other great idea that Kate Healy had and TD Ameritrade has actually made this a reality is when you're looking for new talent, don't require a video interview and don't require their name to start because sometimes the name will give away their ethnicity or something about them. And that really, you know, are, what are those unconscious things that we have that, you know, we, you know, just be human about that and admit that we all have something where it's like, oh, what is that notion that you have when you see this kind of name? Maybe take that away and have other people on your team think about, talk to, listen to the person. And then as you're kind of buying into who they are, find out, oh, here's what they look like. Here's what their real name is. And I think it's brilliant to help with that. Kate Healy's been championing this for years. A big shout out to her. Again, she's episode 15. And then she's also too on Marie's podcast as well. I would say that you should listen to both episodes. And she's been pioneering this movement for as long as I've known her, even way, way before that. And, And so TD Ameritrade came out with their own solution for to bring in that next generation of talent and that you're, it's almost like it's anonymous. They don't get to see the person's name and exactly what you just said. Why, why go through a, a, a video uh, right from the get-go? You're able to look at the talent from a different perspective, more based on the qualifications and them seeing you too, because it could be reverse bias as well. Absolutely. 
So aside from the evolution of talent, because we, we know that our environment is going more virtual, our teams are being more inclusive, I would say that, and tell me if you agree here, me, uh, Marie, but also too, the media landscape is starting to pick up on these changes as well. And you have been a PR powerhouse. Let's spend some time talking about the importance of the need for PR. It's an important part of your marketing plan, you know, and you do. You're in the business of helping advisors build more authority, become more, more visible. So what would you say, when's a good time to start, you know, bridging the PR firm and making yourself more visible on the media landscape? Yeah, it's a great conversation. And anybody who's followed my work knows that one of the core components, in my opinion, of any advisor's marketing plan or any financial service firm's marketing plan is to be seen as an authority, not just a subject matter expert, but there's social proof. And part of the way you get social proof is not just through social media, but actually being seen in publications where you want to be known for that expertise. So ever since we started Impact Communications, we've been helping with messaging and branding and marketing. But more and more, we're really focused on credibility marketing, getting that validation so that you're seen not just as a subject matter expert in an authority in a content area, but ideally, you can be seen or declared by your peers or others in the industry as a thought leader. And so the distinction there for me is a thought leader is someone who actually advances the conversation. They're not just competent. They're actually reaching and pushing and advancing the conversation. So to the extent that you can push past the authority boundary into thought leadership, other people will start telling you that you're a thought leader. You don't want to call yourself a thought leader. That's like calling yourself a pillar of the community. That's laughable. But, you know, the visibility, the authority, the validation, that to me is what will set anyone apart from the average professional, whatever it is that you're competing against. So for me, because I try to practice what we preach at Impact Communications, I'm always trying to walk my talk. So I want to be writing for the publications where my target audience is. I want to be quoted in those publications. I want to be on podcasts where those people are listening, like yours, Tina, in that community where others are inviting me in and I'm reciprocating to the extent that I can. So the lesson here is for advisors and others who are listening to this podcast, um, yes, you can self-publish content and that's all well and good, but get that third-party credibility through an outside credible uh, publication or a show or a platform. Like for you, Tina, you and I are both citizen journalists, right? We have our own communities. We write, we speak, we you know talk at conferences. But then there's Financial Planning Magazine, there's Investment News, there's The Wall Street Journal, there's Barron's Magazine. Try to get in those credibility publications and shows so that you have that almost like uh, the reputation that precedes you when people are Googling you and they're seeing, wow, this is the real deal. I you know Tina Pell has been, she's done a TED Talk. She's got to be good if she was invited to do that. Marie Swift has been in Barron's and MarketWatch. You know, she's got to be good because they wouldn't have invited her to be in that piece. Oh, Sam Brownell, 
advisor in DC, local business journal. He's got to be good because he wouldn't be in that publication otherwise. So that's the importance of PR and credibility marketing. Which goes back to the fact that advisors need to be producing their content. And I think that that's one of the things that you and I have helped to really encourage and really to, to help advisors and give them a little bit of push and, and also too, and give them a little handholding and saying, yes, when a couple, three years ago, when at the Advisor Thought Leader Summit, to, yes, you need to produce a thought leader video. It's, it's, it's not an if, and, or but. It is when are you doing it? What time are you doing it today? And we've talked about this need for advisors to start creating their original content. And it's social media is not just like, it's not just sharing. It is sharing ideas, but it's really so like such a micro micro format. And it goes back to your point of really being quoted in the media. I'm sure that some advisor right now is listening, maybe even someone in a different vertical other than financial services. Let's call it hospitality, healthcare, technology. Some great women who have said, you know what? Uh, this sounds great. I haven't been good at that. I have all of these ideas floating in my head. Where does that person start from you know, do they, do they sign up with a PR agency like yours, Marie, to get them started? Or do they start to maybe say, hey, I'll write a couple of blog posts, I'll get some ideas on paper, and they'll try to do it by themselves before they go to a PR agency? So I know that people want this, and now they're more open to it than ever, because to your point, people are going to be Googling you and searching for you, and you better show up. You better show up in more ways than one. You better show up online and you better show up with something to say and some energy around it, a purpose, a passion, a mission, and a message. But to your point, yes, absolutely. Everybody listening to this podcast needs to be producing their own content. And here's why. It helps you understand what your message is and it gives you a platform for others to find you and invite you into that next level, that validation circle. So if you're putting out good content, much like my friend Stephen Wershing is at the Client Driven Practice, he blogs regularly, he has a podcast with Julie Littlechild, they're creating their own content. And you know what happens? Michael Kitsis notices that they're putting out good content and so he'll invite them in to his podcast or a journalist might see what Stephen and Julie are doing and invite them to comment or be a part of a story or contribute an article. So it really is this beautiful dynamic where you become more clear about what you want to say by speaking it, by writing it, and then others see you and then they invite you in. And then that becomes a wonderful kind of like this viral, you know, goodness. It's all connected. And, you know, once you start that platform, building that platform with your own content and get into other people's content channels. It's a beautiful thing. It just, uh, you know, you just have to give it a little push every now and then, but it starts to take on a life of its own. Mm, mm. And, and I've, and I agree, Steve Wershing and Julie Littlechild do a great job on their becoming referable podcasts. It's something that, again, advisors can tap into a resource. We'll make sure that all of these great resources that, you know, Marie's mentioning are on the, are within the show notes. I think uh, Snappy Kraken is also to one of your clients and I've admired how they've been at the forefront of the industry. They just published an unbelievable marketing report where they analyzed through their software what 
titles, what email marketing channels, what calls to action were having the best responses. That was an unbelievable, and by the way, that's a free resource too that they're giving out that every single one of you listening, if you're, if you're at all you know, following Snappy Kraken and what Robert Sophia is doing, should get a, hand, a copy of that report. That was really blew me away. I saw him present that at T3 as well. Really exceptional work. I agree. What Snappy Kraken do, is doing is great. And Robert Sophia is a great leader and he has a great team of other executives around him. And they're giving away this knowledge that they're getting from real marketing campaigns by real advisors. And they're telling us what resonates visually in the subject lines, which uh, of the channels, you know, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, email, they're giving all of that away. So I would absolutely um, take advantage of everything that Snappy Kraken is providing. And there are some other turnkey programs that you could look at as well. I know that 20 over 10 recently came out with something called Lead Pilot. FMG Suite has been coming out, has long had something, but you know, there is canned content, then there's curated content, then there's curated content with uh, your own context around it. There's custom content, which we were talking about creating your own. There's credibility content where you are actually in the news or, you know, um, somehow seen in that credibility authority area. And then there's this hybrid area where you can take a little bit of each and shift it and customize it. But I think that the main message there is there are so many ways that you can be out there showing your true colors, demonstrating your expertise. Just jump in and do one thing for a while and do that really well and then do another and another where it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I want to go back to one other thing that you asked before that I don't think I answered, which is when should you engage a professional firm to help you? Well, I would say that the best time to engage a professional firm is once you've started this process that we're talking about and you see that you really buy into the the whole value proposition of being more visible and more authoritative and you want to do more than just dabble in it. You want to be consistent and you want to break through to a whole nother level. So that's why somebody would hire someone like you, Tina, to work with you on becoming that content marketing authority or to work with my team on getting into the media and taking it to that whole new level. Yeah, and there's and like I said, there's some some overlap here in that we take a lot of content from great PR firms like you, and then we help to integrate that into social media marketing, where maybe channels have been not been nurtured or not been maintained the way they should. A lot of times, uh, we're dealing with a, a a client right now, a relatively new client that did they have a Facebook profile? Yes, but they happen to have the wrong template. So they couldn't even have, they couldn't post events because they were using the wrong template for their page on Facebook. And so we said, was one of the things we, we, we looked at them, they were a, a high frequency events planner. And, and so we said, well, wait, these events are something great that we would like to share. Uh, and, and we noticed that the events tab was like missing, but you do need that PR component. It's why I'm talking, we are not a PR agency, but Marie's Impact Communications is. But I think well, I want to just, I want everyone to just pause and reflect here because one of the things that we've heard from Marie in some of those examples is the fact was the word true. I want to pick up on the word true and produce content that's true to you. Content shouldn't be a chore. If it's a chore, then you're producing the wrong type of content. 
So for you listening right now, it might be a podcast, right? We're going to talk a little bit about marketing trends in a minute. <laughs> I can't wait to get there and find out about Marie's new Oculus. Um, but you know, what, what is it? Think about what's true to you. Is it a research paper? Is it a podcast? Is it a blog? You know, don't discount the written word at all, but understand who you are. And if need be, you can work with a communications expert like Marie, who will help you to refine that message and help you understand what you're great at. And that's the key. Produce content that you're great at and that really inspires you and drives you to just ah, do it every day. Yes, indeed. And you have to work to get good at it. So I happen to be a better writer than I am a speaker. But once you start doing one, you're oftentimes invited to do the other. So I had to get over my shyness or my fear factor in order to speak at conferences and to be on video and to do these types of audio things because I'm better if I have my fingers on a keyboard and I can put the words together. And that's one of the reasons why I like to write before I speak because it helps me internalize what I want to say. So um, those who are listening can't see I have Tina's questions with a bunch of like red and purple and blue written notes on that. So I can actually follow around and look at my bullet points because I wanted to really get clear on how I can make a difference today for your listeners, Tina. And I think that what we're talking about here is when you're authentic and you're true to yourself, there's that word again, then it no longer becomes a fear or um, a chore because you're just called to do it and you know that you can get out of your own way. You can do things to boost your confidence, like do the power pose, the Wonder Woman pose and breathe. You know, it tells your body that you're going to be okay. Have a little mantra in your head that you can actually use to calm yourself. I mean, I still get nervous even when I, you know, as many speeches as I've done, I always do my breathing and my Wonder Woman pose because it tells my body like you're going to be okay, you're breathing, you're grounded. And then I just, you know, have my own mantra that I tell myself, it's not about me, it's about the purpose, it's about the other people. It's about inspiring other people to find their voice. So I would just say in that, you know, this idea of encouraging others, my encouragement would be, you know, be kind to yourself. If you flub up on a speech or a video or a podcast or, you know, an interview doesn't go so well, be as kind to yourself as you would be to somebody else who had an issue. You would be forgiving. Be kind to yourself, especially right now where we're all feeling a little bit more vulnerable. Mm. Mm. That's really good. So some of the advisors to listening will probably want, a, a lot of you aren't doing podcasts, but should be doing podcasts because you have a powerful message, a point of view. I think it's one of the, I'll call it a trend, but it was a trend a while ago, but our industry has has a, we're, we're a little bit of a, on the laggard side. And part of that is compliance. Look, and part of it, I think is an industry that needs to be right. We all want to be right. We all do want to do a great job. We don't want to do something that we're not uh, entirely comfortable. But, you know, don't discount podcasting as a part of your communications and, and marketing. You know, wouldn't you say, Mar uh, Marie, here? It's, it's one of the, it's a trend, but it's not a trend, right? It was a trend a few years ago, but maybe our industry is now saying, oh, okay, we need, we're, we'll, we'll catch up. 
Yeah, you know, I would find the thing that is the easiest and most natural for you to do and then just do that. You know, we've seen audios and podcasts and videos and, you know, all of that filmed multimedia come and go in popularity. I would say give people a choice for how they want to digest your content, your your authority and, you know, let people who are more auditory, you know, listeners better at listening or watching to have a little bit of that, even if it's outside of your comfort level and you do it less than you do writing. But, you know, trends on my radar would be just more engagement on social media, not just having it be a one-way megaphone. Don't just have it be all about you, but actually engage in a community and give uh, to that community on social media or a forum, some kind of a, a digital forum so that you're seen as a giver more than a taker. You know, nobody wants to be around a braggart or a bore or somebody who's a know-it-all. So, I mean, now that we're we're all having to do this more than we might have otherwise, you know, because we need to do things more digitally because we're, you know, in quarantine mode sometimes and travel is restricted and conferences are canceled. I think it's more important than ever to be human and to be visible and to contribute to other people and, you know, to give more than you're taking. So that would be, you know, as far as, you know, what's on my radar, do more of the engagement and communication, ramp it up, um, be a little bit more casual, less formal, and don't rely just on automatic canned content because everybody can see through that. That's not what social media is really all about. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen you see, put, put, I've seen you post some some really great great pictures, uh, especially now. And I expect that you're going to be sharing a lot of great pictures in the future because uh, Johnny Swift, your uh, director of social strategy, digital and strategy at uh, Impact communications who joined the business over a decade ago. He is an expected father. And one of the things, and what I love about it, it just goes back to like what you were talking about on social media. I wouldn't have known that. It's been a while since I saw you at a conference. And so how would I have known that Johnny and his wife are expecting? What a great thing to see on social media. To your point, to be a giver more than a taker, but when you really are truly interested in the success and the development of other people, you know, use social as a way before you're having your next conversation. Hey, Marie, how's Johnny feeling? You know, how's, how's his wife feeling? Absolutely. And uh, funny you should mention that because I'm going to be a first time grandmother. You probably saw my tweet this morning where I showed Johnny and his wife who's getting really pregnant looking and uh, my daughter, our daughter, Julie, and my husband and I at the little baby shower that we had, we all wore masks except for the photos, which you will see. Oh, that's great. I didn't get a chance to check it out yet, but I so am. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to show a little bit of your personal side. You know, I like to think of LinkedIn more as, you know, pretty much business professional all the time. But on Twitter, I let myself show a little bit more my family life and also on Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, you have to find your own mix of content and how vulnerable you want to be. But vulnerability actually builds trust. So Mm, I would think about that. Mm, That's so, so good because we have some advisors and people that are shying away from certain parts of their exposing who they are, but it's like, hey, taking a picture of you on the golf course, that's okay to do. So, you know, there's a limit. You can you can do what's comfortable to you 
and that that vulnerability is really important. Uh, and I can't think this business has all been all about trust. And what I love seeing is the evolution now. In the beginning, you know, ten years ago when we were on Social Marie, that advisors were no, don't do it. And now it's like everybody's sharing, and that's really that's really exciting. I, I want to get back to Johnny for a moment here because I do want to ask your advice. I know that he has been. You've been working with each other now for 10 years, which is fantastic. I, and, and the last time that you and I were in, were in Chicago together and at the T3s together, and I always see him and he's always happy and love just, I love seeing the way that you two interact. What you don't know is that my daughter also too, this is her second week at C-Suite Social Media. So she has a full-time job, but she's doing this also too on the side. So it was so, I thought how incredible that the podcast that was supposed to be in March, it was postponed to September here because now I can ask you, you know, what is that experience like? You know, any, any tips for, for me, you know, for bringing our kids into the business I'm so happy about it, even if she's just with me on a part-time basis. But what would you say? It is What's so great success? to work with my son, Johnny. You know, I never expected him to stay with the family business. When he started working for Impact Communications, he was doing it remote while he was putting himself through school, through his undergraduate and his um, master's degree when he was living in Chicago. But after he graduated with that master's degree in predictive data analytics with a concentration in marketing, and my husband and I thought he was going to go out and, you know, work in some big think tank or analytics shop. He interviewed for those positions and he came back to us and he said, you know, I'm not feeling it. It's just not calling to me. I wish I'd known this before my master's degree and all that money that we spent on it. But, you know, it's helped him be a better um, employee for Impact Communications. We're certainly using his skills around metrics and data and analytics. And, you know, he's a digital native. So he's taught me so much about efficiency and getting past my, you know, not wanting to learn another, yet another app and another system. But he's also taught me that um, I can work with my son. I love working with my son. People love my son. He's a chip off the old block. But the other thing that I wanted to mention where we're talking about the next generation and particularly millennials is I think millennials have gotten a bad rap. We have heard this broad brush, millennials are lazy and selfish and blah, 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 whatever it is. But, you know, I have millennials who work for me and they're all different. And working with Johnny, I can see how he's very much like the parents who brought him up. It's not about age so much about advantage in life. And Johnny had a lot of advantages in life. And so Johnny's helped me understand some of the other millennials on my team who may not have had the advantages that Johnny had um, in the upgrade bringing or in the education or the socioeconomic stratosphere. And so he's helped me understand why certain things occur for me as a boomer mother differently than they occur for him as a millennial uh, soon to be father. So, I mean, congrats on your daughter joining you for however long in whatever capacity. Enjoy it. Uh, you know, it's just a joy to be a mother and see our kids grow up and be competent people. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. And of all the podcasts, I was like, yes, I cannot wait to tell Marie. I wholeheartedly agree with you about the millennial because they are 
hard working, they are accountable, they are motivated, and they are technologically fast and furious. And it is so, it is a very exciting world. If you don't have a millennial on your team, speak to Marie, speak to Kate Healy, get a, speak to me, get a millennial on your team immediately. You will be happy that you did. Uh, so we, one of, I know that people are going to have a lot of follow-up questions and probably want to say, Hey, Marie, I'll take you up on that offer. Where, where's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Marie? Yeah, just Google me, Marie Swift. I have a blog, marieswift.com. My company is impactcommunications.org. I think I'm still the most popular Marie Swift on the World Wide Web. There's a poet and a makeup artist, but I'm, you know, always trying to vie for the best SEO to ace them out on page one. But yeah, you know, just look for me on social media. I'm everywhere. Yeah. And what about your podcast too? Because again, you're interviewing some really great yeah. greats in the industry. How do people get to listen to that? So that's actually a part of the NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Um, they asked me to be the host this year and hopefully I'll be doing it next year too. So if you Google Mindset Mastery, Marie Swift, it should come right up but it's sponsored by NAPFA and I'm the host of that show. And then I have my own blog and my own video chat series. I call it Swift Chat. And that's where I'm interviewing my own favorite people. So I got to get you on my show as well. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. So before we close, we have one last question that we love to ask our guests because a lot of women who are what the greats that we interview here in the suite amazing women in leadership, amazing women who have been in this industry, some for a short time, some for a long time. Every origin story is unique. But one of the things that we all share is the need to be on in the suite. And some of us, you had spoken about doing the Wonder Woman, I too do that. So if I'm ever speaking at a conference and you look down <laughs> in, the, in the bathroom, you'll see my legs are, that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, Cheryl Nash has a Wonder Woman bracelet too. That was what she said in the suite. We've got to get that Wonder Woman bracelet. But you know, is there a physical object, something that you say to yourself, you know, something that you wear, something that gives you that inner strength that adds to your superpower in the suite? Yes. So I tell myself, I don't know why I came up with this, but sometimes my mind and my mouth don't always work together. Like one is racing and the mouth doesn't quite get it right. So I have mumble mouth. So I actually tell myself, my mind and my mouth work perfectly today. I know just what to do. I know just what to say. And when I do my Wonder Woman pose and I'm breathing, I'm thinking that, and so my body is getting the physical signals, and my mind is getting this mental mantra that I know what to say. I don't have to worry about every word because I just know it, and my mouth and my mind are going to sync up, and it's going to be just fine, and if I flub it up, people are going to forgive me, and I've had a bunch of flub ups, but you know. Get None that I've ever heard. Out there. <laughs> You've modeled incredible ec etiquette and grace and poise. It was one of the reasons. Oh, I love that. There it is. That's beautiful. So um, what our listeners are not seeing is this picture of my mother. 
And um, so I wanted to just hold it up for you, Tina, because we're also able to see each other uh, using, you know, digital Zoom right now. But this is my mother, and she is the inspiration of my life. And so this is my favorite thing that I have in my bedroom. I don't always travel with it because it's glass, but it's a picture of my mother and me several years ago. And my mother was... Uh, she never called herself a feminist or, you know, part of the women's lib movement, but she was just one of those women who could put her own selfish needs aside, gave to others, put her family first. She raised five kids as a divorced single mother, working the night shift as an OBGYN nurse so that she could be at home sleeping while her kids were at school. So, you know, that is my rock my mom and now i'm talking to my mom every saturday via zoom because none of us are getting any younger and i hope to get to see her again and give her a hug but right now she lives far far away from me and so thank goodness for technology and thank goodness for my mother without her i would not be the woman who i am today God bless your mom, Marie. And we know that she's going to love this incredible episode. What's her name? Carolyn. Carolyn. Carolyn, as you're listening to this episode, this is made possible for you and in dedication to you. And you raised an incredible daughter. And I love it that we're on the cusp of you being a grandmother too, Marie. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You've been incredibly gracious with your time and who you are and your talents. And I've always known you to be a giver and a friend. And I am ever so thankful for how you've helped me in my career and brought me along in the industry. And I know that I'm speaking for other women too, and men, and and even your son right now. So thank you so much for being in the suite and for all the work that you've done I'm excited because we've got great work ahead of us. We've got a lot of incredible things to do with our children, with the next generation, with the millennials. And with that said, I will say, God bless your your new granddaughter, grandson. Congratulations on everything, on all your success. And thank you for being in the suite. Thank you, Tina. listening to In The Suite, a podcast that shares amazing stories of women in business in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Our producers are Tina Powell and Kevin Hershorn. Our editor at large is Kevin Hershorn. Our content writers are Simone Brathwaite, Carmen Varner, and Tina Powell. Our research and technical assistants are Natika Upridi and Rachel Powell. In the Suite podcast is sponsored by C-Suite Social Media, a digital marketing and social media agency for C-Suite brands and leaders in finance and technology. You can visit csuitesocialmedia.com to learn more and for show notes from today's broadcast. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing to In The Sweet Podcast. Please let us know how you enjoyed this episode with Marie Swift and share your thoughts on LinkedIn and Twitter using the hashtag In The Sweet. I would love it. And it would mean so much if you left us a five-star review on Apple or Google or wherever you listen to this amazing episode with Marie Swift. You can connect with her on LinkedIn and follow her on Twitter at Marie Swift. And always, if you would like to share the name of a rock 
rock star woman in financial services we should interview in 2021, please send it to me at Tina at csuitesocialmedia.com. Again, thank you so much for listening and subscribing to In the Suite.